This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Well, lots of things to dissect, but if you're going to get your nose rubbed in it, you might as well do it in game one and see how this team responds for game two, which will be Thursday night. We'll have it for you beginning at 7 o'clock, pregame show at 6.30. The Leafs lose game one, 7-3 to the Tampa Bay Lightning. The legendary Joe Bowen on the final call last night. Tampa Bay 7, Toronto 3. And they might be without Michael Bunting for game number 2. Not sure that that gets any worse for game 1 than it possibly did for Toronto Maple Leafs in that matchup. But like Joe said, if you're going to get your nose rubbed in it, might as well be in game 1. Not an elimination game. And it is just one game. You'll remember round one last year, game one. The Toronto Maple Leafs with a outstanding effort embarrassing Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay would come back to win that series. So not all hope is lost despite what we might be hearing uh, outside of Toronto today. Uh, welcome back to Sportsnet today. It's hour two underway. Logan Gordon here with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. That was just one of four matchups last night that saw all four road teams walk in and pick up a victory in game number one. And tonight, uh, a number of very intriguing game number twos as we have another four games uh, across the Sportsnet television network for you to listen to and watch as the NHL playoffs are well underway. And the perfect person uh, to chat some NHL playoffs with as we head down the uh, Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon, our pal, uh, producer and fill-in host of the Jeff Merrick Show. Uh, you know me, love him. It's uh, Matt Marchese joining us this afternoon. Matty, thanks for doing this as always, pal. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing awesome, man. And uh, look, I know it's a sore spot. You had one of the best, uh, cutest social media pictures ready to go in anticipation <laughs> of last night's Leaf game. Um, look, that was a tough one. I don't know uh, if you're Sheldon Keith, how much of that you're you're bringing back to the table for your team to review. It feels like one of those toss the tape and get ready for game twos if you're Toronto. Yeah, it, it's it's absolutely a burn the tape type game. But I think, there, I think there are bits and pieces that you can pull from that game and say, okay, I think we can really kind of, you know, add on to that and really kind of take that away as as a point of emphasis for game two. One, I thought the power play was really good. Um, that goes without saying the problem, the problem is, is that Toronto took way too many penalties the other way. And it kind of negated the, their own success on the power play. But for me, the, the biggest takeaway is, and I, and I know Eric Chernock's not playing tomorrow and there's a chance that Victor Hedman does play tomorrow, but there's part of me that thinks ah, I'm not so sure about that. Regardless of when those guys were in the lineup or not, I thought that when Toronto was really physical on the four check that they really hemmed Tampa in their zone. The problem was, was that it was far, very few and far between in terms of, you know, being able to get in on the four check and finish your check while Tampa's defense actually had the puck 
as opposed to when they had so many easy breakouts. So I think that was a point where you can look at it and go, okay, if we're physical enough, I think we can really make some hay, even with Victor Hedman in the lineup, even with Eric Chernak in the lineup. But at the end of the day, um, I know that there are a lot of people that took a lot of, uh, they were very happy about that loss by the Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> last night. But I look at it and say, the Leafs beat the Lightning 5 nothing in game one last year. And look at what happened in that series. I still have the Leafs in six. That was my prediction. I'm going to stand by it. I just thought that it was just, it's one game out of potentially seven. Tampa's got to win three more. Toronto's got to win four more. Like, I don't I don't look at that game and say, oh, my God, the series is over. There's, there's not a series that I look at and say after one game, oh, boy, uh, that series is going to be done because, you know, all these teams, generally speaking, are fairly close, maybe aside from Boston and Florida. But as it pertains to the Toronto series, I mean, if I, I'm probably more worried if I'm Tampa Bay at this point only because of the injury starting to mount. I know they're going to get Tanner Janot back uh, as early as tomorrow night, but I don't know if the Leafs can really get in on the forecheck. I think they can win this series and win it fairly quickly. Uh, I'll ask you the impossible, and that's to uh, predict or try to predict what NHL player safety will do. Do you expect uh, Michael Bunting to be in the lineup for game two? I do not. Um I, I spoke with someone who was under the impression that it was going to be one game. Um, I thought it might be two. And the only reason I thought it might be two is that, let's face it, Michael Bunting has a reputation. And for me, that all, I feel like the Chernak penalty, which I thought was a horrible penalty called on Eric Chernak, the one after the whistle, where Bunt, he bumps Bunting after the whistle, mm-hmm. Bunting throws a yard sale like that's what he does and i do wonder if the if somebody looks that and goes you know what you kind of spit in our face because we gave you that call we look back on it maybe we shouldn't have and then you go out and throw your elbow or your shoulder whichever way you want to look at it into the head of eric chernak when the puck is nowhere near there like you're trying to get a are you trying to get back at him for something like I, i just look at it and say there's a reputation there the hit was not good. It was directly on the head. The way that they kind of look at it is for every for every two regular season games, it's one game in the playoffs. So there's that like double multiplier. And uh, somebody said they thought it was going to be one. I thought it was going to be two at first glance. So I think I guess what I'm getting at is here is, um, yeah, Michael Bunting's not playing tomorrow night. <laughs> Uh, one guy that we do know is playing tomorrow night because uh, head coach Sheldon Keefe confirmed it after uh, skate today. Uh, going back to Ilya Samsonov in goal, uh, a tough outing for him. I don't know how much of game one you you solely put on his shoulders, Matty, but was there ever a question in your mind that they would be going back to him for game two? No, I always thought he was going to get at least two games. I also didn't think that the Leafs were going to, you know, give up seven <laughs> yeah. in game one. But I, I do believe that the leash is very short, though, now. Like, if they had gone out and lost 4-3 or 3-2 or 5-4, I think we're having a different conversation. But the fact that he allowed six goals, you know... I. I didn't love his rebound control in the first period. You can you can say that um, that was pretty much the reason why Tampa Bay had scored two goals. Uh, and, and the fact that, let's face it, the Leafs didn't clear 
anybody out in front. Um, I didn't love the the Perry goal. Uh, that was that was you know I mean Justin Hall didn't do any favors by not clearing anybody in front of the net. I I don't put it solely on Ilya Samsonov. That's for sure. But what I will say is that he does have to be a lot better. So he admitted it. He as he said in the post game, he played like bleep. I mean that's that's as uh, as honest as you can get as a goalie. And while I do think that help is needed in front of him, I think he will have a bounce back. But if he doesn't, uh, like if they if he allows like four and they lose four two mm. or whatever the case may be, I think that they pull the cord on this one and they look at Joseph Wall, who's been very good at both levels, whether it be the AHL or the NHL. And I know that the playoffs are a different beast, but hey, we've seen this story before. We've seen a goalie kind of come out of nowhere after the other guy struggles. You can look at historically, and I'm not saying that the Leafs are going to go on and win the Cup, but we've seen it. We've seen it with Cam Ward. We've seen it with Jordan Binnington. Um, we've seen it with Braden Holtby. Like, we have seen guys go on runs when nobody expected them to be there. So I, I don't I don't think that, that – the, the book is over on Ilya Samsonov, but we could very well be getting to the end of it for this season. I kind of like what Jeff had said on the, the Jeff Merrick show a little bit earlier with Elliot when he was kind of in that, you know, the, the leash is certainly shortened to the point of if it's a shaky first period, I, I think you've got to be cognizant if you're Sheldon Keefe that things aren't going well. And and look, Matty, I, I think you would, uh, you know, be the expert on it out here in Calgary for sure that, you know, Joseph Wool's come in and played some good games. I think that there would be every reason for the Toronto Maple Leafs to have some faith in him coming in. It's not as though, you know, you're going to the e-bug or the amateur tryout guy that's, you know, uh, perused the last couple of games. This is a guy that has some legit stuff when it comes to playing in the NHL. He's got a 932 save percentage at the NHL level, 216 goals against this season. Uh, and and with the Marlies in the AHL, a 237 goals against and a 927 save percentage. He's a good goalie, right? And is there a difference when you go from the NHL to or the AHL to the NHL? Sure. You guys have saw it. You guys saw it with with Dustin Wolf. It's mm -hmm. like, yes, he's he wins goal goaltender of the year again. And he has the one start with San Jose, and you go, okay, but it's San Jose. It's just the same kind of conversation with Joseph Ball and that, okay, it's the regular season. But the playoffs against the three-time Eastern Conference champion or three times in a row Eastern Conference champion, you look at it and go, well, that's the Tampa Bay Lightning on the other end. And I do, at the end of the day, they that's the only option that they have. And could it be something that, you know, turns out to be a very fruitful one? Sure. But this all goes back to the beginning of the season when everybody was talking about the Leafs and how different they are. It was always going to somehow come down to the fact that Kyle Dubas went out and acquired two goaltenders who either have a, a spotted history based on their stats or a spotted history based on their injury. And one of them has come to light in that Matt Murray is still not available. Whether it be his fault or not, it's not really his fault. It is a head injury. But still, he's not available when you potentially need him to be. The other thing is, is Ilya Samsonov has not been very good in the playoffs in his career. I believe he's 1-6 in, in the playoffs. The numbers aren't great. And that's where this conversation all comes down to is, do they, do they have the goaltending? And after all of it, it would be 
incredibly ironic that it's neither of those guys that ends up sort of saving the Leafs season here, which is entirely possible. Uh, last one on the Leafs before we get to uh, some other playoff stories. Matt Marchese along with us from Sportsnet 590 in Toronto. Uh, Matty, how excited should Leafs fans be if Matthew Nyes is indeed in the lineup tomorrow? It's, I mean, you're excited because somehow somebody's going to make it like the Wally Pip moment, and you know, <laughs> and that's what's going to be the big story. But as of as of this morning, uh, Matthew Nyes was practicing on the third line with Ryan O'Reilly, and uh, the third guy on that line escapes me. I can't remember who who the third guy on the line, but he's practicing on the third line with Ryan O'Reilly. And so, oh, it was uh, Nolachari. That's who was on yeah. the third line, which is a very interesting line. Um, there's a little bit of scoring punch there with with Nyes and with O'Reilly, um, who scored yesterday. And Achari gives you a little bit of bite. It's a pretty big line, too. And, and I think they can be physical in the offensive zone. The issue for me with all of that is, like, it's what kind of expectations? Like, he's not, he doesn't have the same acumen as Charlie McAvoy when he came in to play in the playoffs. Or Kale McCarr. Like, we're not talking about the same type of player here. So, I mean, I'm excited to see what he does there. I don't think he's going to be out of place, but I'm also not thinking that this guy's going to light the world on fire playing third line minutes and probably getting a sniff on the second power play unit for, you know, 20 seconds at a time. I think I think what's more intriguing to me is how long they give Alex Kerfoot on that line with William Nylander and John Tavares. Mm -hmm. Because I have said this up and down, left and right, every which way that you want to spin it, I've been saying it, and I don't think that I'm in the minority, that Alex Kerfoot is not a top six forward. And if you want to get the most out of Matthew Nyes, you should probably play him in a position where he's going to succeed. Now, having said that, I really like the move of putting Yarn Croak with Marner and Matthews because he's been a really good fit with them. He he went out, he scored last night. He's he played really well with those two guys. And I would not be surprised that when Michael Bunting comes back, if Yarn Croak stays there. Um, partly to send a message, but partly because frankly, Yarn Croak's just been a better fit in that spot. My curiosity is peaked with does Matthew Nyes get a look with like, if things start to go a little, a little South tomorrow and the Leafs need a goal, if they look at possibly moving Nyes to that second line to play with Nylander and Tavares, because frankly, I just think that that's a better fit for him. Uh, Matty, outside of the Leafs and the uh, Tampa Bay lightning, obviously a big story, Canada wide, the Leafs always are. And uh, talking about that series against Tampa Bay. Once again, as you look at the other uh, seven series, and we had a couple of game twos tonight. Uh, what team that lost game one in your mind has the most pressure on them heading into a game two? Oh man, it's the Oilers. Oh man, it's the Oilers. You're, gain, like, you're gaining just, followers and fans as you continue. <laughs> continue, Matthew. Continue. I just, and the only reason why I think, well, there's multiple reasons, but the one reason is, is that it's that game. That first period, I'm not going to lie. I was like, okay, I don't need to watch this anymore. The Oilers are going to run away with this. And as the game starts to progress, you start to see little cracks in the game. You start to see them revert back to Oilers hockey that we had seen in the past where they can't keep a lead. And Connor McDavid is held off the score sheet. I can almost, I would, 
I don't like to say that I would bet my house, but I would probably bet my house that Connor McDavid gets a point tonight. Yeah. Not getting held off the score sheet again. But if the Oilers somehow lose this game, and if we can look back to maybe goaltending as a problem, then I think that there is a real conversation about the makeup of the Edmonton Oilers and what happens here. Because Stuart Skinner still had a pretty decent year for the Oilers. The Ekholm addition was great. It's made Evan Bouchard a better player. It's it's given Darnell Nurse his, his proper role on the team, and he's not asked to do too much. I think that's kind of settled everything. I think that they've been playing better defensively. But when you give up, you've got a 3-1 lead with about 10 minutes left, and you give that up, and then they score with 17 seconds left and then win it in overtime. I mean, that kind of stuff just... It just can't happen in the playoffs. And I know it does, but if you are a team like the Oilers who has legit cup aspirations with arguably two of the best players on the planet, one is not arguable. The other one is arguable in that, you know, he's top five if you want to make the case top three, whatever. But the point being is that the Oilers just can't let that one slip away at home. Now, having said all that, I don't think we give the LA Kings enough credit for being a really good hockey team. Because we forget that Victor Arvidsson missed the play, missed their series, or at least the majority of it, um, last year against Edmonton. And that Drew Doughty guy wasn't in that series either. And their goaltending was, you know, not great with Jonathan Quick. It was fine, but I think it's really been solidified with a guy like Jonas Corpusalo, who has had playoff success. So I think that. While I say that, I think the pressure is on Edmonton just because in that market, they can't lose in the first round with Connor and Leon there. Mm -hmm. But I I wouldn't say that I would be surprised if the LA Kings won that series either, just because they're a really good team. They're very well coached. They've got their their defensive unit is very good. They've got a lot of forwards who kind of do the same things, which makes it easier to interchange when guys are hurt. Like, you know, when a guy like Kevin Fiala is out of the lineup. Who, who's a point-per-game player, and you don't notice it down the stretch, I mean, that's super important. They could get Gabe Velarde back tonight. Like, I, I just I just think that there's a lot of pressure on the Oilers just because you have Connor and Leon on the team, and you cannot go back to L.A. down 0-2. You just can't. Uh, Matthew Kachuk with the ultimate sandbagger move uh, ahead of their series with the Bruins saying, look, I don't even know if underdog is the right word. We'll be lucky to pick up a game in this series. Boston is is fantastic. And, and hey, I, I get it. It's a long-standing tradition uh, pumping the other team's tires when it comes to the postseason, Maddie. And look, I'm not saying the Panthers are going to win this series uh, by any means, especially given what happened in game one. But I wonder how much Florida has to look at this opportunity to go into Boston in game two again without Patrice Bergeron and look at this and say, look, this is a game we absolutely have to have if we want to make some noise in this. I know how deep they are, and I know at times it didn't even look like they missed Bergeron in game one, but I, I can't really think of a better opportunity if you were going to do something than another game against Boston without number 37. 100%, and, and I couldn't agree with you more on that. And you kind of look at game one and you go, okay, it was – it was close. Um, Florida outshoots the Boston Bruins. I mean, that the the Marchand goal that Alex Lyon let in was 
Uh, frankly, it was it was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and John Garrett said as much <laughs> on the broadcast. Uh, but I think what I think what's important for this game is that they get Sam Bennett back. And and you guys know in, in Calgary, Sam Bennett is a player that thrives in the playoffs because he plays a certain way. The other thing is, is that when Sam Bennett's in the lineup, guys get slotted in to their proper spots in the lineup. Sam Bennett is their second line center. It slots Anton Lundell into the third line, and it really kind of sets you up to be a little bit more balanced. Uh, it also gives you a little bit of an edge, and and certainly Florida was no shrinking violet in that first game. They were physical. They brought it, and I think that game was, it was maybe a lot closer than people thought, and I and I think the score line was not like that 3-1 scoreline was not really indicative of how the game went. I thought Allmark was really good. Do I expect Allmark to be good again? Sure. He's been great all year. He's going to win the Vezina Trophy. There's no question about that. But I think that Florida gives Boston more of a run for their money than I think people were expecting. Let's not forget, they were the Panthers were one of only two teams to take two games from Boston all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's saying something considering the record-breaking <laughs> year they have. Yeah. Record-breaking with an asterisk. But I digress. <laughs> but I just, I just think that Florida, if they can get goaltending, like if Alex Lyon doesn't let in the bad one, quote-unquote, then... I think that Florida is going to be in this series. Like if they can get a split in Boston, especially because no Patrice Bergeron in the lineup, I think that that goes a long way. And like Jeff mentioned on the show, could you imagine how hurt Patrice Bergeron must be if he's not playing? Because that guy has played through some catastrophic injuries and still managed to be an incredible playoff performer. If he's hurt and not playing, he like, it's got to be really, really bad. Unless the Bruins look at it and go, we've got depth. I know he's a Hall of Fame player, but if there's any team that can lose Patrice Bergeron and not miss a beat, it's probably the Boston Bruins. Yeah, I, I love that point that you make there and that Jeff talked about because we've got a guy uh, similar to that makeup in, in Chris Tanev here in Calgary. Uh, and when you know it's an important game and, and Chris isn't out there, you wonder... Uh, what in God's name the doctor has told him to keep him out of the game. And I feel like Bergeron's the exact same way. And it was like, uh, as soon as you heard that this morning, you went, no, it's it's not illness that's keeping him out. You're like, wow, was he lost a leg or something? Because that yeah. guy always plays and doesn't seem to matter. Uh, we always thought it was the flu. But yeah, that's going to be one uh, to watch for, for sure. Maddie, I know I got to let you go here in a second. I appreciate the time. Uh, last one for tonight, Minnesota, Dallas. Wild take the first game in double OT. Ryan Hartman is the hero. But everyone, of course, was talking about the Matt Dumba hit on Joe Pavelski. He's not going to play in game two. Does this series feel like the one that we've seen so far that could be the one that gets really going physicality-wise? These are division rivals, and it felt like it was close to boiling over in game one. You think we could see that happen in game two tonight? Here's the one thing that I always look at just when you think like every storyline goes towards a certain narrative and you're like, man, the top is going to blow off this thing or, you know, they they're scored a hundred goals. They're going to score a hundred more. And then it just goes, oh, man, what happened there? <laughs> um, I think this is different, though, because you're right. They, they are division rivals. The Dumba hit really kind of sent things into a tizzy. By the way, it was a clean hit. Um, but. The one thing that I will say is that Minnesota, if you want to play that way, 
I think if I'm Dallas, I would be really wary about trying to play that way against Minnesota because they're built that way. Look at all the guys that they have that have a little bit of bite. You look at Ryan Reeves. You look at Marcus Foligno. You look at Ryan Hartman. You look at Jacob Middleton. Like, they have some guys with some bite. They have a team that is built for the playoffs. Matt Dumba can, is, is a great open ice hitter. Like, there is there is a nastiness to their game that I think kind of goes under the radar. They are very much built in the image of Bill Guerin and Dean Evason, and they like to play like that. So if I'm Dallas, I don't necessarily want to wade into those waters too much because also that's not really how Dallas plays. Dallas has some guys that have a little bit of jam, but they don't have it like the Minnesota Wild do. So I would, if I'm Dallas, I'm not trying to play that game. I- I'm trying to play my own game. I know the Joel Pavelski loss is a massive one. That line has been, you know, probably the best line in hockey over the past two seasons with Jason Robertson and Rupe Hints. But at the end of the day, I just think that Minnesota is is a team that that really, really they embrace that style. And I don't think I would want to play against them like that. I had Minnesota before the series started. I had Minnesota winning in six or seven, I think. I just I look at them and I love the way they play. I love that they're nasty. And I think that's how you win in the playoffs. It also helps when uh, you stole Philip Gustafson from the Ottawa Senators and he's turned into a Vesna <laughs> trophy type goaltender, as we saw in game one. So I do think that it's going to be nasty. I will be tuning in because. God knows there's not enough nastiness and not enough hate in hockey. And I love hate in hockey. I think we should all embrace that. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Maddie, thanks for the time as always, man. Really appreciate you uh, always answering when we give you a call. Uh, enjoy the games tonight. Enjoy the games the next couple of days. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you maybe next week or something and see where we're at uh, in the playoff race, hey? Thanks. Thanks, Logo. Really appreciate it, man. Take care. Matt Marchese, Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. You hear him uh, sometimes as the host, but usually as the producer on the Jeff Merrick Show, which runs every single day, Monday to Friday, here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. And kind enough to give us some time down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, guest hotline, chatting all things NHL playoffs. We're back again with five games on your schedule tonight. Islanders, Hurricanes at 5, Panthers, Bruins at 530, Wild and the Stars at 7.30. And then, yes, the Kings and Oilers at 8 o'clock on Sportsnet West and right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan, for your listening pleasure. Uh, GVP and Azam Nanji, another uh, impressive award for Dustin Wolf uh, when it comes to his already storied AHL career. We'll talk about that and hear from the man next, uh, Dustin Wolf uh, winning AHL's Goaltender of the Year. We're going to dive into that as the show continues here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Rolling on with Hour 2. Playoff hockey on their televisions and on your radios tonight. Including the LA Kings and the Edmonton Oilers live here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. 8 o'clock puck drop. Kings lead that series one game to nothing. Gabe Velarde potentially available for tonight's game for the LA Kings. So they might get a little bit of reinforcement as they look to surprise many and somehow come out of Edmonton with two victories. We will remember, of course, uh, the game one winner just the other night from Alex Ayafalo. 
We'll have it for you right here on Sportsnet 960 uh, with the wonderful GVP uh, and Azam Nanji working uh, intermissions for some local coverage uh, as we bring you the fl- uh, the Oilers and the Kings tonight, part of four NHL playoff matchups. Uh, back on the local front, though, we're just a few days away from the AHL playoffs getting underway. Uh, award season is here for uh, various different categories around the AHL, and one specifically here in Calgary once again. Uh, just about half an hour ago, the American Hockey League announced that for the second season in a row, Dustin Wolf has been named the Aldridge Baz Bastian Memorial Trophy winner as the AHL's outstanding goaltender. For 2022-2023, Wolf went 42-10-2 with a 9.32-7 uh, with a 9.32, excuse me, save percentage and seven shutouts this season. It was another record-breaking year for Dustin Wolf and uh, another uh, very well-deserved victory. That award uh, voted on by coaches, players, and members of the media in each of the league's 32 cities. Wolf becomes the first goaltender to win the award in back-to-back seasons since its creation in 1984. He's also a first-time AHL All-Star for the second year in a row and has a 77-20-6 record with a 2-2-4 goals against and a 9-27 save percentage in 105 AHL appearances. Of course, in his NHL debut back on April 12th when he stopped 23 shots in a 3-1 win over the San Jose Sharks. Just the fourth year in a row in which Wolf has won his league's top goaltender award. He won the Dell Wilson Trophy, playing for Everett in the Western Hockey League in both 2019-20 and 2020-2021. Here is young Dustin Wolf uh, this afternoon speaking to the media uh, after winning uh, back again, whether you want to look at his back-to-back AHL goaltender of the years, or four in a row when you include the WHLs and the AHLs Goaltender of the Year awards. Uh, still lots to accomplish as a member of the Calgary Wranglers, including a very hopeful long playoff run here in Calgary. Uh, but Dustin Will spoke to the media today uh, knowing that he had won the award and just how special it is to uh, receive that again for a second straight year. Uh, here is Dustin Wolf with the media earlier today. No, it feels good. It's rewarding. Um, obviously, a lot of testament goes out to the group of guys we have in the dressing room and um you know again i just try to go out there and stop pucks and you know they help me with you know everything else so uh it makes my life pretty easy and i just try to focus on giving the team a chance to win out there every night i uh i haven't seen the press release yet it's probably on my phone but i can't imagine many guys have won this in back-to-back seasons so what does that part of it mean to you no it's pretty cool for sure um you know at the end of the day i'm like I said, I'm trying to stop as many pucks as I can, give the team a chance to win. And, um, you know, I've had a very successful first couple of years here, and um, you know, it's rewarding for not only myself but our team as well. And um, it's been it's been a fun, you know, last 24 months, and hopefully we can make the next two the most enjoyable. Did you uh, did you expect the transition to be kind of as instantaneous as it was going from junior to now two years in pro i mean i think i just have confidence in myself um you know to you know do my job out there and um like i said i try to go out there and have fun and enjoy it and um you know, we've had some good teams in front of me as well so that makes my life a little simpler and um 
you know, it's it's fun playing on teams when you're winning hockey games and makes coming to the rink enjoyable. And um, you know, I think those are the small things that necessarily don't get noticed, but um, you know, those little things add up to making everybody's life easier, and makes it more enjoyable. And um, you know, obviously, the last couple of years have been pretty pretty successful, so it's been fun. I was going to say the motivation as well with Oscar Dansk is having him as a goalie partner. Like, what has he done to help you in terms of that motivational factor and and make you even that much better? Again, two years in a row, that's pretty impressive. No, Ozzy's been awesome. Um, You know, from day one, he came in and he's obviously as an older guy, he's played a lot of games in the American League. He's played some in the NHL, and um, you know, he's been a great mentor for myself, not only on the ice but off the ice. you know, he's just one of those guys that you love being around. You know, not only myself, but everybody enjoys his company. He's always a team-first guy. You know, he's definitely a part of, you know, our group that he brings the heart each and every day. And, um, you know, those are the guys you need to, to win championships with. And, um, you know, it's been a blessing to have him by my side each and every day. Talk about winning championships and now you get set for the playoffs and how much you're looking forward to, to that. No, playoffs are the best time of the year. Um, you know, last year we came up just a little bit short, and, you know, it kind of sets the fire of, you know, you want more, and, um, you know, I think the city of Calgary is going to be pretty excited for, for us to hopefully go on a run here, and um, definitely looking forward to get started next week. How much support do you think you're going to get? I mean, you guys are the only hockey game in town right now sort of thing, right? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully outstanding attendance. You know, as the year has gone on, the attendance has grown substantially. And um, I know for myself, it's been incredible to come out to see great crowds. And, um, you know, hopefully we can uh, put on a good show for them, you know, the next couple of weeks. I know you've touched on this before, but the chip on your shoulder, do you, do you still play with it or is it kind of like it's kind of past now and you just kind of move on or, or what? I think there'll probably always still be a chip on the shoulder of, you know, 30 other teams pass on me in, in the draft. And, um, you know, you always want to continue to prove people that, you know, they made a mistake in not selecting you. And um, you know, I think that's kind of the mindset of you want to go out there and win games. And at the end of the day, you give your team a chance to continue to win co- consistently. And, uh, you know, obviously the, the goal of winning a Stanley Cup one day. So, um, you know, as each and every day you try to go out there and work harder and, get better at the little details as much as you can and um, you know, try to show the coaching staff that you know you deserve to play at that highest level. Now now that you've maybe stopped pinching yourself, what are you going to remember <laughs> about Wednesday? Yeah, no, Wednesday was pretty pretty outstanding, you know. Um, you know, last game of the season, so there was maybe not a lot of line for, for the rest of the Flames there, but um, obviously super rewarding for myself and, and Matt there as well. Um, it was special to have my family in the building. They got treated like royalty, and um, you know, obviously f- super thankful for for the organization for treating them that well. And, um, hopefully, it's the the first of many, but hopefully the Jetters are out, and uh, the next opportunity can just continue to uh, to play and just do my thing. It's all about W's, and, and over the last two years, you've had a lot of W's. Um, are you surprised at how much success you've had? You know, two years in the American Hockey League, kind of thing. As many wins as you've had. Yeah, no, I think I. at the end of the day, you just try to, like I said, go out and stop as many pucks as you can. Um, you know, you're trying to put one more puck in the net instead of the opponent, and um, it doesn't matter if you're winning 5-4 or 2-1. Um, at the end of the day, it wins a win. So our team's been, you know, producing offensively at a 
outstanding rate. So I know if we can give up, you know, two or less, there's probably a good chance we're going to win the game. And, um, no, it's been nice to have some run support for sure. That is Dustin Wolf, Wranglers goaltender and the NHL's goaltender, outstanding goaltender of the year for the second straight season. Uh, the American Hockey League sending out a press release that Wolf is the uh, second straight winner of the Aldridge Baz Bastion Memorial Award as the AHL's outstanding goaltender for the 2022-2023 season. Uh, once again, it was voted on by coaches, players, members of the media in all of the league's 32 cities. He's the first goaltender to win the Bastion Award in back-to-back seasons since its creation back in 1984. Uh, Dustin Wolf, uh, you're not going to want to miss him. He uh, has an exclusive chat with Pat Steinberg coming up a little bit later on during Flames Talk on this Wednesday. So, yes, uh, not all sunny and bright for Flames fans when it comes to not being in the postseason, but uh, surely some bright horizons when it comes to that young man and several other Flames prospects playing on the Calgary Wranglers who... Uh, in just a few days, we'll finish out the regular season and begin postseason action at the uh, Scotiabank Saddledome. And uh, Taylor and Cam, I'm not sure if you've noticed it or not, but if you would have seen on social medias yesterday, uh, good on the Calgary Flames ice crew. They have switched out the uh, flaming C at center ice and replaced it with that beautiful W uh, for Wranglers home games upcoming in the postseason. Uh, she makes out them with a new look. We've never seen that W at center ice before. It looks pretty good. It looks really good. I like it a lot. Uh, and good for them. It's what it should be, really. Um, look, with all due respect, Flames aren't in it. Wranglers are there. That's their home at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome as well. Um, and hopefully, fingers crossed, if you haven't, for whatever reason, gotten out to a Wranglers game yet, uh, playoffs are absolutely going to be the time. Hitman had their playoff run ended early in round one by Red Deer. We know the Flames didn't make it. Uh, but this Wranglers team is as good as any team in the American Hockey League. And look, it might be your last chance. We say this all the time. Sandra is always so quick to see it. The wonderful uh, Sandra Persina, the voice of the Wranglers, is always so quick to say it uh, when we chat with her all about all things Wranglers that you never really know when these guys are going to make that final jump. And uh, Dustin Wolf made his, AHL, his NHL debut uh, in Game 82. Maybe this is the last time we see him as a member of the Calgary Wranglers. We really don't know. Uh, but make sure you don't miss out on that chance to go see him in a playoff matchup. Wouldn't it be great uh, to see the Dome packed out for a couple of Wranglers uh, playoff games at the Scotiabank Saddle. Hopefully lots of playoff games at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, make sure to head to the Calgary Wranglers website uh, if you're interested in ticket information. Uh, as far as the NHL story goes tonight, mentioned it four games on your schedule starting at 5 o'clock. Islanders and Hurricanes will take over Sportsnet 360. Hurricanes lead that series by a one nothing count after picking up a game, uh, victory in game number one. 5.30, you've got the Panthers and the Boston Bruins. This is an interesting one. Uh, some injury news on both sides of this one as uh, the Panthers will get former Flame uh, Sam Bennett back in their lineup. That's a big one for them. Uh, and on the other side, Boston announcing earlier today, Jim Montgomery, the head coach, asked, if it was injury or illness holding Patrice Bergeron out of the lineup, uh, says it's injury, not illness, and he will miss game two tonight. So that's a, a big loss for the Boston Bruins. They got through game one, all things considered, pretty well without Bergeron. But as we've talked about, he's kind of in that Chris Tanev mold for a lot of people, whereas it's, it's going to take major medical reasons to keep him out of hockey games. So... 
Uh, it's a bit of a worry for the Boston Bruins in a huge season for them. We know how successful the regular season was, but it means so little if you can't get it done in the postseason. Not saying they need to be worried about the Florida Panthers, but the long-term aspects of Patrice Bergeron dealing with an injury and not being able to uh, be out there for the first two games of the series is certainly uh, a worry. That one is a 5.30 puck drop. Uh, you can catch that one on CBC and across the uh, other Sportsnet channels. Still to come uh, tonight as well, it's the Minnesota Wild and the Dallas Stars. No Joe Pavelski. Uh, he is in concussion protocol and will not play in game number two. Uh, they have recalled Riley Tuft from the Texas Stars. No word yet on whether or not he will be in the lineup tonight or not. Uh, Pete DeBoer did say that Pavelski is getting better every day, and they're hopeful he can return at some point during the series. Minnesota, of course, leads that uh, by a one nothing count. That game on Sportsnet 360, following the Islanders and Hurricanes. And last but not least, of course, L.A. and Edmonton. Oilers looking to avoid going down 2 nothing in this series after the Kings stormed back and picked up a victory in game number one. Interesting news on this one. Todd McClellan says that Gabe Velarde will be in the lineup tonight for the L.A. Kings. Wouldn't say we'll, uh, where Velarde will play. Uh, but we will see uh, him back in the lineup tonight, Who who's out again, not sure for the Kings. Uh, still no news on Kevin Fiala. He's not uh, in Edmonton. He's not playing tonight and not yet sure uh, if he will be available for games three or four, but didn't stop. Excuse me, didn't stop uh, LA from picking up uh, a victory in game one. So maybe Gabe Velarde uh, going to help them push for uh, what should be an interesting uh, matchup tonight in Edmonton. 8 o'clock puck drop. Sportsnet West will have the covered for that one. Corpusallo versus Skinner. We'll also have it for you right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, uh, our guys, uh, Garrett and Azam, going to be handling intermission duties, uh, keeping you up to date with everything during the Kings and the Edmonton Oilers. Other injury news uh, across the NHL, other just general news uh, that we got following the games last night. Tampa Bay head coach John Cooper says that Eric Chernak and uh, Michael Asimimo will not play in game number two. Victor Hedman, a game-time decision. Tanner Janot is a possibility to go for Tampa Bay. Uh, they are in deep injury troubles now after game number one. Two guys already out. Hedman left early in the game, did not return. Uh, so his, obviously, status going forward is up for debate as well. That could be two regular defensemen out of the Tampa Bay lineup. Uh, but it would be a nice boost for them to get Tanner Janot back, even though their bottom six looked okay in game one against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we'll see if they really need that or not. And, uh, of course, the news out of Toronto. Sheldon Keefe uh, at practice today for the Toronto Maple Leafs says that Ilya Samsonov will be the starter in game number two for the Toronto Maple Leafs, despite a rough outing last night in game one against Tampa Bay. Uh, also, uh, the Leafs practicing today with the understanding that they might not have Michael Bunting in game number two. He's got a phone hearing uh, this afternoon for a check to the head uh, against Tampa Bay's Eric Chernak. Uh, they did have a uh, college signee uh, and former first-round pick Matthew Nyes operating on a third line with Noel Achari and Ryan O'Reilly. So perhaps Bunting out, Nyes in for the Toronto Maple Leafs when it comes to game number two of their series against the Tampa Bay Rays. As far as the Toronto Blue Jays are concerned, they will be on Sportsnet 1 uh, this evening, continuing their series 
against the Houston Astros. They picked up a big 4-2 victory last night. Chris Bassett was tremendous for the Blue Jays. Uh, Chapman and Guerrero among those homering for the Jays in a victory. They're sitting at 11-7, good for second in the American League East. Houston off to a bit of a rocky start. They are 8-10, third in the AL West. It's Barrios v. Garcia tonight, your pitching matchup. Barrios uh, looking to calm things down. He's got a 7.98 ERA with three walks on the season. Uh, Garcia, not great himself this year. Uh, Luis Garcia, a 7.71 ERA with seven walks. So two pitchers looking to get things back on track for their respective clubs. If you want to catch the Blue Jays and the Astros, you can do so on Sportsnet 1. We're going to get out of here. Hockey Central 960 with the outstanding Haley Salvian is coming up next. Uh, she's got Flames Talk with Darren Haynes coming up. We've also got uh, some Stars conversation with Saad Youssef, so you don't want to miss that with Haley. And then, of course, later this afternoon, Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg. Uh, he's going to sit down with AHL Goaltender of the Year, Dustin Wolf, uh, for a little one-on-one conversation with Steinberg. Uh, back-to-back years for Dustin Wolf winning that award. And now four straight, uh, if you include the last two seasons that he was in the WHL and picked up top goalie honors there as well. Just continues to rack up the accolades. And uh, as you'll hear from Dustin uh, with Pat, and as you heard from a little bit earlier on in this segment, uh, all of those are great. He, he means a lot to him, but he'd love nothing more than to have uh, a nice long run with the Calgary Wranglers in the springtime uh, when it comes to the playoffs in the American Hockey League. That's coming up later on with Pat Steinberg. You don't want to miss it. We'll be back tomorrow on a Thursday edition of Sportsnet Today right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.